0: Out into the world with action. Be true to you. Five essentials for living your authentic, best life. Hi, friends. I've been thinking about being true to myself and the work I do with people a lot lately. And as I look around the world and I see a lot of fear, what I notice is when we're gripped with fear It's impossible to be true to ourselves and live our authentic best life. It's impossible. So I thought I would give you five essentials to make sure that if we had a little checklist, if we had a little way to have like a little litmus test of how are things going, that we could look at it pretty quickly, snap our fingers and see what's going on, see how we're doing with being true to us. Because if you're not true to yourself, it's impossible to be present really fully for anyone else. So the first thing I look at is being good to myself and others. So are you being good to yourself and other people? Being good is things like healthy boundaries, speaking with kindness, having compassion, maybe doing something for someone that they're not able to do right now, maybe holding the door for someone, all kinds of things. But are you good And what I mean by this is not the superficial kind. I mean the spiritual principle of good. Are you willing to go within and be of service and be good? Now, the rule is you have to be good to yourself before you're good to anybody else. So as I think about it, I'm like, am I speaking nice things to myself? It starts with self-talk, right? Are you beating yourself up? Are you one of those people who is self-deprecating, and you think it's funny, it's not funny. Are you one of those people who does things that kind of make it sound like it's good, but it's not really? Or maybe you've never, ever really paid attention to what you're thinking about and what you're saying to yourself. Your brain believes your own voice above all other voices. And if your brain is constantly fed self-deprecating negative things, then that's what it's going to feed back. And we really want to be true to ourselves, right? We want to be people who can really pay attention. So it takes really looking at yourself and how are you speaking to yourself and how are you interacting with yourself? Are you good to your body? Do you feed it healthy food or do you eat junk food all the time? Do you rationalize doing things that you probably shouldn't do, right? So it's important to be good to ourselves and to be good to others. Treat others in the same way you would want to be treated and do it first. Are you also treating all other sentient beings good, right? Like your pets or other animals. Be good to yourself. Spiritually good. Authentically good. Mentally good. Emotionally good. Do the right thing. You know, when you have integrity and you do the right thing, even when no one is watching, that's being good to you. But let's just see how that rolls. Be good to yourself and others. Number two is enjoy the reciprocity of life. Enjoy the give and take. Sometimes we're giving, sometimes we're taking. It's a reciprocity. It's a law. It's a way of being where We freely give and we also freely receive. I have a couple of friends of mine that when I try to do something good for them, do something nice for them, they want to throw it back or let me see how I can pay you back. They're struggling still with that enjoyment of the give and receive of the reciprocity of life. I think it's important that we remember that there's a give and take. There's a flow like our breath inhales and exhales, right? Our muscles are tighten and then they stretch and they tighten and they stretch. And the ones that are stretching have other ones that are tightening at the same time. And that's how it works. There is a reciprocity. So for me, when I want to be true to myself and what I suggest you to do is to pay attention to reciprocity. What are you taking and what are you giving in exchange? And as you give, do you allow yourself to receive? One of the best ways to tell if somebody's good at receiving is give them a compliment. And if I compliment somebody like, oh, I really like that blouse you're wearing, and they say, oh, I just got it at Goodwill, or oh, it's nothing, or it's old, they didn't take that compliment very well. Because the only appropriate response to a compliment is thank you. Yes, thank you. Not an explanation or somehow cutting it down, but thank you. And then breathe it in the highest compliment of all, of course, is I love you. And so some people say, I love you to hear, I love you too back. That's not a compliment. That's, a, that's a, um, a call and response. So when somebody says, I love you, say, thank you. And then you can say, I love you at a time when it's heartfelt and spiritually felt and meant to be said. And we would want them to say, thank you. It means I heard you. So we want to get into that flow of life and understand that part of this flow is respecting our emotions and our feelings. Intensely sensitive, gifted people, we have a lot of them, emotions, thoughts, high intensity. And so it takes us respecting it and also for our friends to learn how to respect it and for us to respect emotions and ups and downs of life in others. Either way, It's important that we learn the give and take. Like, you know, one time you might be needing help from your friends and they'll help you and then there'll be other times that they'll need you and you'll help them. That's the flow. It's never meant to be one-sided. Number three is to prepare for pressure. Prepare for the fact that we will have pressure in life. where There will be things to deal with like safety concerns or weather or storms or you know, weird traffic or illness, there will be things that apply pressure to our system and the arguments, maybe, right? We want to be prepared for it. And we start by looking within. We want to learn how to say yes and no in healthy ways. You know, sometimes I'll say no and somebody will keep pushing and pushing. And then I'll say no and they'll keep pushing. And I always say back, my yes means yes. My no means no. So if I'm not sure, then I say, let me think about it so that I have a chance, so that whenever I say yes or no, it's authentic and it's real and it's congruent. So we want to prepare for the pressure by loving ourselves, being good to ourselves, by nurturing ourselves and learning things and growing and evolving being in that flow of constant personal evolution and expansion, and we want to realize that life is just not one common, you know, experience. There's ups and downs and twists and turns, and to be prepared for it. If you're driving on a on a windy mountain road at night, you drive a little slower. You prepare for it. If you're driving on a fast highway, you prepare for it. Same. Same thing with life. If you're starting a new business or you're in a relationship or you're in a situation, you start to prepare for it. And healthy boundaries are one of the best ways to do it. My yes means yes. My no means no. I learn to be healthy about it. You know, being the martyr or being that um, living sacrifice or feeling obligated, which is a fear-based response, all of those things don't serve you. It really matters that you start with yourself and you learn how to say no and how to say yes in a healthy manner. That's called being true to you, right there. If you say yes when you really want to say no, you just lied to yourself. If you say no when you want to say yes, you just lied to yourself. And so, if you're a parent and you lie to yourself emotionally, what's going to happen eventually is you will teach your children that to be incongruent. And we don't want to do that. We want our children to learn from us that that we mean what we say, we say what we mean, and our actions are aligned. So our intentions match our attention, match our actions. That's the rules. If we want to be true to ourselves and we want to be happy and healthy. Number four is to know what to say. (laughs) Practice knowing what to say. Like, I kind of laugh about this one because so many times people are like, I don't know what to say or, or better yet, the constant long explanation. If I ask you what time it is, you tell me how to, to build that clock. I have a friend of mine one time who left a voicemail and she goes, you know, I'm your friend that can make a short story long. And she's right. She loves to talk and talk, but mostly it's telling stories. When we get into explaining ourselves, we're in the wrong neighborhood, explaining ourselves and over explaining ourselves really waters down our connection. It waters down the interaction. It gets in the way of authentic, real communication. And we want to know what to say and when to say it. We want to have clear boundaries, what's okay and what isn't, and not be squishy, right? Again, it comes back to dealing with pressure and knowing what to say in a way that works. So what I teach is five-word sentences and no more than five sentences. Yes, that's 25 words. If you cannot deliver your message in 25 words, unless you're telling some funny story or you're teaching a lecture, but if you can't deliver your message in 25 words, you're talking too much. You know, sometimes there's a lot of superfluous Information and a lot of tangents and over explaining. Sometimes you lose your listener. Or, like I've seen salespeople do it, where they talk me right out of the sale. I was getting ready to write a check and then they wouldn't shut up long enough for me to to buy the thing I was going to buy. So, we want to know what to say and when to say it. Now, that takes a lot of practice. It's not something you learn overnight. It's not a weekend project. It's always a lifelong learning because different people have different language sets. Different interactions require a different kind of speech. Like when I'm talking to one of my intensely sensitive gifted people, we might have a different language set than when I go sailing and I'm just talking to all my sailing fun friends. Or when I'm talking to people who know nothing about gifted intensities. It's okay. Know who you're talking to, know what to say, and use the language that goes with the interaction because then you're being authentic to yourself. Some people think, and I think kind of it's an error really, is they think that if you change your language, then you're being dishonest. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think with intensely sensitive, gifted people, we have a mastery of the language that is usually very unique. So if I use some of my regular vocabulary, With somebody who hasn't studied the vocabulary or maybe isn't in that worldview, they're not going to understand it very well and it's going to seem like I'm a snob. But when I use common language, common as in what we both understand, then our words and our interaction and knowing what to say in an authentic manner becomes natural. I won't use sailing terms when I'm talking to my quilting friends. It doesn't go together. It doesn't mean I'm being fake in either one or the other, you see? So you're not being fake when you use the right language set for the right situation. And it's important to pay attention to your inner world, to your inner environment, and how you're going to bring it out here. So there's that inner set of boundaries. Most people think boundaries are outside of us, but there's that inner set of boundaries, right? of how much of you do you bring to the table? How much of you do you bring to each event? It's a different parts of me I bring to an event when I'm going to um, a circus or a Broadway show. Those are two different parts of me. They're still parts of me. It's still authentically me. Just like when you do things, you're different in each space because it's different facets of your amazing magical being. So pay attention to what is appropriate to say in each situation. Now, remember, what you're saying is not always verbal language. Sometimes you say it with your eyes or your expression or your body language or your clothing. Right? I had a client one time who used to wear really aggressive-looking clothing because he wanted to keep people away emotionally. And he was the nicest guy in the world. And one day, he finally dropped the facade, and then he found all these different friends. So when we practice and we pay attention to what we're doing and what we're saying, what we're not saying, then we have a better flow in life. And what you're saying speaks through your eyes, your smile, the affect, the look on your face, all of it speaks volumes. Then of course, you're you're saying things with your energy. I know you know people who when they walk in the room, you can feel that they're there. Some people go walk in the room and it lights up the room. Other people might walk in a room and it's all of a sudden heavy or negative and people start kind of taking off and hiding, right? Well, you're saying something with your energy. Your energy introduces you far before you personally get there. So pay attention to that. Then number five is find and use support. Because support is very, very important. And it means it could be professional, like mentors, or therapists, or coaches, or teachers. It could be friends, other people with intense sensitivities, or people who understand your way. And it could be all different kinds of various people. That's why in the gifted world, we talk about multiple peer groups a lot. Having multiple people and multiple groups of people in order to get support for whatever it is we're looking for. Like, I'm not going to call a sailing friend to ask a quilting question. You're not going to call somebody who is a literature major and ask them a calculus question, unless, of course, they're trained in both things, right? So it's important that we really look at where we can have support, where we can give support, and how we will allow it in. We want to allow people to support us. And I hear people all the time say, Well, I don't ask for any help. I don't, I don't like to ask for help. I don't, you know, it's hard for me. Well, get over it. If you're one of those people who says, I learned the hard way, I don't ask for help, it's hard for me to ask for help, I say, get over it. Start letting people support you and help you when you need it. You know, sometimes I see people who are struggling through things. And everybody around is like, "If only we knew, we would be there for you." Well, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't take help. I don't take help. Well, first of all, that's acting acting out teenager kind of um, response, and it's not healthy and it doesn't work. So, to be true to yourself, you want to practice giving and receiving support. Now, that also means you give it. I've had a couple clients in my life where they're all about taking, 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 but they don't want to receive it because. One excuse was something like, um, if I take the help from somebody, no, if I give somebody help, then I'm going to be obligated and I don't want to be obligated. And I'm like, whoa, that's scary, right? And people get all these weird stories and these paradigms around what it means to give and take. And that's how we're true to ourselves. It's like breathing. Some of those same people also don't breathe very well. And so it's important, so vitally important, I can't even express it in words half the time, that we become interdependent, where we have support that we give and receive as humans, like grapes on a vine, right? This is very different than codependency. Codependency is when I depend on you for my well-being. So person A depends on person B for their well-being, their sense of self. That is not what I'm saying. Interdependence is an equal and mutual exchange of energy, of connection, of support. You might be giving more one time and your friend might be taking and then it might be the other way around. But here's what I know. Whatever we put out or whatever we do for others comes back into our life tenfold. And it doesn't always come back from the place we gave it. So you might help somebody who's got a flat tire or run out of gas. You might go out of your way to help somebody. It doesn't mean that stranger personally is going to come help you. But what it does mean is that because that's your consciousness, when there is a time when you're in need or somebody's, somebody will stop for you, because that's how it works, that as we give, we receive, and we have to practice doing both. Freely giving and freely, meaning no obstruction, receiving. That's the rules. So when we use our support in that way, like when you need to talk, find someone to talk to in any one of your peer groups. Match your need to the peer group. If I need to talk about an emotional thing, I talk to somebody who understands my emotional overexcitability and the way I process the world. I don't talk to somebody who would have no idea what I'm saying. They will listen, they will hear me, they get the English, but they're not going to really understand the nuance and we'll both be a little frustrated. Instead, I call one of my intensely sensitive, gifted people who knows that it's totally okay, they'll listen away, and then they'll ask me if I'm done, and then we'll go from there. So there's all different kinds of way to do this, but we need to really allow people in our world. And a lot of the times, the best support are not related to us. The best support sometimes are people that we meet that are like-minded, that have the same kind of viewpoints and understanding and skill set, but not necessarily related. And the reason is this, when we're related to somebody, we energetically have, might we say, um, uh, an agenda, We want them to do well. We love them. We don't want our kids to hurt, all of those things. So there's an agenda involved. And when there's that emotional agenda involved, then sometimes things can get sticky. Because I had somebody the other day tell me, let me play devil's advocate. And basically, they were about to tell me why what I thought wasn't going to work. They didn't even have the information, really. It's because some people, they have so much fear and they don't want you to hurt. It's it's out of love, but the problem is it's not authentic and it's not being true to you. Being true to us is having people in our life, and for us to do the same thing for others—to be totally available, totally willing, totally present, and happy together, having life, whatever that is—happy in the joy, happy in the ups and downs, just happy in general. So anyway, that's what I've been thinking about the five ways. To be true to you, they're essential things having healthy boundaries, paying attention to what's going through your mind. Does everybody have a safe trip through your consciousness? Like, really, respecting the law of give and take that's breathing, folks. Being prepared for pressure in the world, not walking around lollygagging and wondering, oh no, what's happening? I learned a lot about that in hurricane season in Florida over my years. And practicing knowing what to say practicing internally and in role playing in things of knowing how to say and what to say knowing that over explaining is often detrimental knowing that having good boundaries is important and knowing that you say more with your eyes and your energy than you do with your mouth all of these things are vitally important so i hope these five essentials have been helpful to you and that they serve you i really want to allow people the opportunity to be reminded that let's have respect for each other. Let's be prepared. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Let's all pay attention to what we're saying and how it lands, not only on us, but on other people. And let's all support each other. Yeah, give and receive that support. That's where the magic of life happens And that's how we're we're going to be able to emerge out of this really hard time collectively in a way that's empowered us, where we can look back and say we're better people for it, and we free ourselves of that trance of human ignorance, that bondage of our human ignorance, because we weren't paying attention. So I hope these five essentials have been useful for you to remind you of Things that are important for your authentic, real nature to be true to you. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me. You Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.